0: Pegasus Podcast, presented by Night Sports Now, UCF News, Views, and a few hot takes. Now, here are your hosts, Bailey Go Knights Adams and Christian Charge-On
1: Simmons. Welcome into episode 185. Be sure you're following us on Twitter at BaileyJAdams22, at by C. A. Simmons, at Night Sports Now, and at Pegasus Podcast.
0: Christian, take it away. Yeah um so hi uh (laughs) if you're watching the video version you'll see that this is not my normal background it's because i'm with some family going up to north carolina to see some other family and i'm currently in a hotel in georgia and i've learned a valuable lesson today and it's that when a hotel tells you they have wi-fi they aren't always telling the truth so i'm now on a personal hotspot, which is also kind of not working so if this is a really laggy terrible podcast that's that's why so
1: that's why yeah Yeah, that's it that's why if this podcast is bad that's why
0: that's the only reason yeah
1: not everything else
0: i just want Um, to point out that other other podcasts would have just not done an episode this week and in our almost three years of history we've missed exactly one week and i said i was like no let's just do it and and maybe that was a horrible mistake depending on how this goes but we're committed yeah we'll see
1: um we're not gonna have a five-star review question because we have a whole mailbag segment today which is new um yeah, so we'll get to that later. We have a bunch of questions to get to. Some of them by UCF, some of them not. I guess that was, you know, what Christian asked for when he put out the tweet with from the Pegasus Podcast account. He just said, we'll answer anything. And I didn't think I, guess... I had
0: to specify that I'd prefer they be UCF-related, but I also said we'll answer anything, so I feel like we're locked in yeah. now, so that's going to be fun.
1: We'll get there in a minute. We'll talk first, a couple transfer portal updates. Um, we'll start with, on Tuesday, Josh Telescar hit the portal um and UCF the next day on Wednesday today as we're recording they landed UT Martin defensive end Daylon Dotson so you know I don't know I mean I haven't seen him play enough to say it's a like for like replacement but they've got their replacement someone I believe they'll be starting on the outside of Malachi or on the other side of Malachi Lawrence um they still need more but I like this pickup.
0: Yeah, I do too. I think it's kind of funny how, I mean, we all know that teams will intentionally space out official announcements of commitments for their own purposes. And this really feels like an example of that. Celisgar announces yesterday that he's a, which the thing about Celisgar is, I think it's been like a month-ish since there were rumors and stuff that he might be leaving. And I think I remember my first reaction being, wait, he had another year of eligibility. Like I just kind of had assumed this whole time that Celiscar wasn't going to be here next year, but he's an unfortunate loss, but it's also one of those things where whenever you bring in a new player, or, uh, from high school or transfers, your hope is to get multi- multiple years of high-level production out of them. And they did that. They got four years of high-level production and starts out of Celiscar. So he's moving on. It's unfortunate, but it's whatever. And yeah, Dotson feels like a, I'm with you. I'm not going to say one-to-one, but he's a really, really good pickup. And it's continuing what they've been doing all season of going after not, you know, former five stars who have never played, but we really like their 247 profiles and more guys who have proven themselves at other levels. I mean, Dotson was a all FCS all American at UT Martin this past year. And he was someone a lot of power five schools had interest in. So I'm super excited about that pickup. I feel like they're just crushing the portal this year.
1: Yeah. And we've talked about it too in, in past podcasts that it is like they're going after production and guys who have played more so than just stars and guys from big name programs, which I think, you know, we'll see how it plays out on the field, but I think strategy wise in terms of what we've already seen happen with the other strategy, like I, I get why they're maybe switching this up. And I think it's smart. We'll see if it works out on the field, but I think, you know, for now it looks like it's going to be something that like, I understand why they're doing it. And I think it's a, a smart, a smart way to go. And, and
0: they're not, and they're not all going to be hits. Like I, I'm aware that there are guys that we're hyping up right now who in December will be sitting here and being like, what were we thinking? Cause I'll give, ex- I'll give two examples from last year. I'll give Corey Gamage who led Marshall in receiving for receiving yards for two years and came to UCF and did not play. I still think there was something else going on there. We'll never know. And there was DeCorean Patterson who by the end of the season had worked himself into a starting role, but We kind of assumed it was going to be a plug-and-play starter, and it just never really got to that level. So we don't know. We just don't know is the truth. But based on what we know right now, they are crushing it. And not just as far as guys that they're bringing in. I've liked everyone they've added so far. Guys who, like, we're about done. There might be a couple more stragglers, but you compared the last couple years and the starting level guys they lost to the portal. Corey Thornton and Josh Seliskar. those are the only two notable departures. I, like... Some of that goes to the kingdom and props to them for helping retain guys. But like, man, I can't, I, I can't believe there hasn't been an exodus like there basically is for every team every year.
1: Yeah. And it's been surprising. Cause I think that's kind of just what I've come to expect every year where it's like, all right, someone like someone unexpected will enter. And yeah. then so far so good. And I think like we're, we're getting into the final days of 2023 and I, I don't know of any that are, are still coming down the pipeline. Hopefully like, that's not just a, a curse that we're speaking into existence, but um I, I think you know that's that's a positive and there's still more to be done I mean we'll get we'll talk about quarterback here in a second but um as of right now all can I know I, of, can I
0: say something really quickly though yes I just want to point out that before we get too far away from what I meant to say this while I was talking that I told you I think it was our first podcast of the regular season or one of our last preseason podcasts I told you that every single year UCF has had someone who was named a team captain enter the transfer portal. And we tried mm. to guess who it would be this year. And we weren't sure. I don't know if any of us guessed Celisgar, but it ended up being Celisgar. I don't so think so. The, the streak continues.
1: I don't think so because again, I I didn't know he had another year. So I didn't know he could transfer. Neither did I. So like like I why. said, that
0: was the most shocking information to me was not that Josh Selaskar is transferring, but that he had a it's I guess it makes sense because he's it's been the starting. COVID, every year, yeah. It's the COVID year. It's been starting every year yeah. since 2020 and 20 I just when you have a guy who is basically a what a four year starter for UCF, yeah. you just don't think of that as someone who could come back for another year, but
1: yeah, it, it's still that whole thing's a mess. Just I think we're getting to the end of it now, which is good much, because much. I'm I can't keep track anymore and haven't been able to for the last few years. Um but yeah, so I think having Dotson and having Malachi Lawrence, who I really, really like this year, really stepped up. And he was like getting like he was taking snaps away from Salascar. Yeah. like by, I don't know, November.
0: He was more important um, than
1: Salascar for the home stretch for sure. Yeah. Uh, so obviously like the you lose Traymon Morris Brash as well, who doesn't have any eligibility left. He's um he's gone. So you have two starters, I believe, as as long as Dotson comes in and starts. I don't really know what's behind them. Like I know we have uh, you know, some Isaiah Nixon, Caven Call like guys who we haven't seen yet hopefully develop into guys who can make an impact as rotational piece pieces this year or next. I don't, how do we, how do we do this? Is it this year now
0: or is it next get, year? The 2024 it, it's as of us, us reporting this, it's still 2023. So I think it's still next year until the actual year is 2024. That okay. makes sense to me next year. It
1: does. Yeah. But hopefully you get some of the, some of that production just as rotational pieces and they can develop into more down the line, but I still think they probably need to bring in another end or two. If they can. I think so. I mean it's it's hard to bring in probably three of the same position in one transporter cycle, but like they've lost other depth guys at that position. None that really played a ton or at all, but they've still lost bodies at that position. So they're gonna have to do something. And I don't believe they had any defensive ends or outside linebackers um in this recruiting class that i'd be a lot remember. to ask
0: them to come in and, and exactly that right away too. anyway but like you said yeah. maybe someone like Caven call or as a nixon who we've we heard a ton about this season maybe they're ready to contribute next season so they do need to bring some. like just because UC have spent the last two years only having two guys that position doesn't really mean you want to do that <laughs> like it would be preferable yeah. if they can build some depth there depth there so, yeah, hopefully. And have... it's
1: it's also different when they're, you have those two guys and you're relying on only two guys, and it is Celisgar and Tramon Morris Brash, right. where Celisgar is a four-year starter and Tramon Morris Brash. Was he four, I, mean, I don't know if he was a four-year starter, but he played a lot. He was important four, for four a long years time. And was at a high level for all those years. So, yeah, hopefully there's more on the way there at that position. Hopefully there's more on the way. Well, actually something on the way in terms of a quarterback. Um, we talked a little bit, I think, on the post game podcast on – friday about kj jefferson just him being the target right now um there's more to that now uh, on wednesday emerged i believe is um what's his name pete nakos i think his name yeah i don't know um, Round three <laughs> so he was saying that he believes that ucf's emerging as the favorite for kj jefferson the former arkansas quarterback um and kj is in orlando according to his instagram story
0: now the um, caveat so with that is i don't I know believe- if that's a visit. I believe there's still a dead period on visits. So that's the caveat, but he is in Orlando. So I don't, I don't know exactly what the rules are there. Maybe it's one of those things where if they like, I don't know, meet somewhere off camp. I don't know how that works. I, I just, Do you so know, when but, the dead
1: period ends,
0: I think like another week or something like that.
1: Oh, I don't Okay. So I don't know. Cause I, I know his story said something he tagged maybe one of his friends. So maybe he's It's one of those things like he's in Florida now. And then when the dead period's lifted, then he's going to make his visit. I don't know. I have no idea how it idea that works, works, but yeah. But anyway, so, he,
0: he he's clearly UCF's target, and it seems like we're now getting some national reports that maybe this one is actually happening. Feels like that's where we're at.
1: Yeah, which was kind of weird because like I, I there was that report that came out because it was it was actually a big report. It was like transfer portal buzz, and that was one of like the headlines. And then I saw a video kind of related to that on on three. It was I believe it was Andy Staples' podcast or something like that where he's talking to that guy, um, and he asks him if Cam Ward goes to the NFL, is KJ Jefferson to Miami? Like, is that kind of their next target? And then like, he just completely kind of ignored the Miami element of that. And he was like, Oh no, I'm hearing KJ Jefferson to UCF. And so we'll see. I mean, there, he said again, like he even put in there and I think he has to protect it, protect his reporting, protect himself a little bit by saying like, not a done deal whatsoever. And like, not, you know, no crystal ball or anything at, at this point, but UCF being the favorite is at least a development. And I'm, I want it to happen, first of all. Yeah, me too. I'm still trying to be cautious about it, though.
0: Well, I think we just got of my so expectations. we got so burned by Grayson McCall. I feel like now we're all just like cringing, like we're not going to believe this one. Until well, it's not even
1: that. tweet. So, the tweet. I'm, I'm cautious about that, yes, but I'm also just cautious about what it would mean. Like he's better than any quarterback UCF has right now on the roster. Without that's not so, even a discussion, Yeah, yes. not even a question. I just don't no. want to get too. I'm trying to get too far ahead of myself in terms of like what it would mean for next year. I think it would mean like it it would be the ceiling for the offense would be raised completely. It would be huge, but I'm he does have some limitations and some things that I am trying not to be like, Oh, he's a ready-made, like he's he's not going to have any problems because he's going to come in and there will be some of the same issues we probably saw with JRP. I I think um, in terms of the style of quarterback he is and and what he does, but nonetheless, I, I would love to see him at UCF and be their quarterback next year.
0: And I would say that one of the biggest issues with JRP was his tendency to get injured. And KJ Jefferson did have some injuries this year. So that is something to keep an eye on. But he's also like 50 pounds heavier than JRP. And you think that has a little bit. I think the thing about KJ, he is built like a tank and he plays like a tank. If you go watch some highlights of him on YouTube, he's insane. And I, you know, I, when they lost out on Grayson McCall, I was back to thinking, okay, they're, they're just going to have to end up with some unproven quarterback or someone we're not going to feel good about. I didn't think this late in the cycle of quarterback transfers, they'd be in on someone this good. Like KJ Jefferson has legit interest in legit offers. Like we talked about, he's Miami's option of Cam Ward. It was was thought to be Miami's option of Cam Ward didn't work out. TCU was mentioned as a team that was interested yeah. in him. So this is, he's a big time target. And I think what makes him so appealing is that you look at Gus Malzahn's history as an, uh, as a college football head coach. KJ Jefferson would be the closest thing he's had to Cam Newton since he had Cam Newton as a coordinator. Now, the, now let me be clear. The gap Big there drop. is huge. Like I'm, I'm not yeah. talking so much about talent or things like that, but more just about style of play and athleticism and size and strength and all of that. It's the yeah. closest he's had to that. And I think it's become pretty clear that Gus, it's a flaw, but it feels like Gus just needs that to actually for offenses to totally reach their peak under him. And I think that's why if you're KJ, the only thing that could possibly hold you back from UCF, in my opinion, is NIL because they have everything else you could ever want. They have an offense yeah. that's literally been designed with a quarterback of your skill set and your size in mind. You now have all these incredible playmakers returning. Like this is a ready-made offense just looking for a good quarterback. Assuming they can get NIL squared away, UCF is the best option for him, and they can pitch him on. If you come in and elevate the offense, we know the way you know we can. We can make a run at the Big 12 title. And what does the Big 12 title mean next year? It means playoff game. It means 12 team yeah. playoff. So it, it's. There's an enticing pitch there. And I'm not saying just because he comes in UCF can achieve that, but because there's still a lot of other things on this team that need to be worked out, especially on defense. But, like, the ceiling gets raised dramatically for next year if they actually bring in someone like him.
1: Yeah, and I know, so, like, the the thing is, you, you look at this year, and obviously it was a step back for him. And I was actually reading up on, like, some of the why today. And, like, I think there's some that can come down to him, but also, like, they're the offensive coordinator they hired when Kendall Bryles left was just probably the antithesis of what KJ Jefferson needed, and it's since like been he fired, just, right? Didn't yeah? They fire he was him fired. He was fired like eight games then, I think. Yeah. Um. So things were not going well early on, and then I think there were some injuries and stuff like that. But it was funny. I was actually reading. Um. If we can find it here, it was like the Southwest Times or something like that. It was kind of writing about. I can't remember if it was about KJ or just the whole situation, um, and how I was saying he entered the year as like a dark horse Heisman guy, which varying, you know, sure. I, I don't really remember. So like, I can't Pretty say dark like, moves, he definitely was. But, uh, yeah. Um but so it was talking about how like the factors of his regression for this year. He so said the offensive line was in shambles. Um they were giving up like almost four sacks per game. So the wide receivers hadn't come close to matching the talent or production that previous wide receivers had when KJ was having his better seasons. There's obviously the offensive coordinator issue. They had no real good run game, which you know was also hurting him. So basically everything around him had fallen apart. And when you look at the situation, he would step into at UCF. He's got an offensive coordinator, offensive style that would suit him way more than Danny knows. Oh, yeah. One he had for eight games this year. He'd have a running game because you have R.J. Harvey coming back. You have a receiver in Javon Baker, and if Kobe Hudson comes back, you have two, you know, potential NFL receivers on your roster. So all of the issues that kind of led to what he dipped down to this year are are kind of eliminated if you go to UCF. Like that's that's where I think. You can see some of that, like him maybe rediscovering what we, what he was doing a couple of years ago, even two years ago, 24 touchdown passes and five interceptions. Um, and then obviously all the all the rushing stuff that comes with it. Like he's, he is just, it's like, it's weird because JRP is a different, like different style in terms of like, he's just very quick. KJ is quick, but he's also just because of how big he is. He just runs people over right. JRP would try to run people over, but it would always make you kind of cringe.
0: You know those KJ, plays that would make me scream where JRP would look at yeah. a linebacker and just be like, We're going head to head on this play? KJ might win one of those every now and then. I think that's that's probably the most <laughs> notable difference. They're actually not very similar players, to be honest, because KJ's yeah. more I feel like KJ is the Isaiah Bowser to JRP's Johnny Richardson, if that makes sense.
1: In terms of running style, I would say, yeah. Yeah. I think I have to watch more of them and see because i I've watched arkansas games here and there i've seen Mm -hmm. random things here and there of kj jefferson i know there's a criticism of him that he's a more of a one read guy kind of like jrp was when he arrived so you hope that that's something that henshaw could work on and again i don't really know how true that is because i haven't seen it with myself i'm just going off of what people seem to be criticizing him for and people talk about his accuracy i mean he completed 64.2 percent of his passes this year like there's nothing to to sneeze at so again like there's there's maybe some issues but like I, he's better than any quarterback they have by far and he's better I think than almost any other like he's absolutely better than the other realistic option they have in the portal right now so like that, this is I understand yeah. why he is the target and yeah like I, it, it, if it comes to fruition I think it's a really good thing for the offense going forward
0: that's not that's the line to toes you're right is I want to make clear that I don't want people to get the wrong impression that this is some superstar who's going to step in and oh my god they're going to be amazing yeah. He's, but he also would step step in and be automatically the best quarterback they've had since Dylan Gabriel, I think it's fair to say. He's just, and especially like you said, the other options available both in the portal and on the roster, this is a dramatic upgrade. And given his style of play and how that matches with what this staff likes to do, given the other pieces coming back on offense, there's a recipe for them to be very freaking good on offense with him. And we have to wait and see what they do in the portal a little bit to figure out where the defense is going to land and how much we feel about the team as a whole and its ceiling. But I even already had the thought, had the thought that, You know, even if the defense still sucks next year, like, I feel like it'll just be more fun to see UCF lose games like 45 to 38 than the way they lost some of them this year where the offense just goes, like, I feel like it's a more fun way of losing. So it's a win-win. I'm going to be heartbroken if this doesn't happen. This has been such a weird quarterback search, A, because it's taken so long, and B, because it's been so public. Like, basically, every name that UCF has been interested in at some point has been very public, and the whole general fan base has known about it, which is not usually how this goes, so... It's been a roller coaster. It kind of always is, but it's just been a very public roller coaster. And I am ready to be done. I want our next it's podcast also, to be talking about KJ Jefferson and nothing else. So
1: it's also been just odd that I never really thought in a million years they were going to be in it for Grayson McCall, and then he became like a real possibility. Yep. I didn't really think they were going to be in it that much for KJ Jefferson. Like, I think a little more than McCall, just because as soon as Jefferson hit the portal, you kind of saw UCF as like one of the teams to watch out for um but again like i don't think i really was like yeah he's gonna end up at ucf like i i don't know now i'm like again getting my hopes up on that and i'm glad you made that point about like I, and that's what i was trying to get out when i was saying earlier about him having some drawbacks where it's like he he's not a superstar it's not like he's coming in and he's going to be you know the best quarterback in the big 12 and as, as soon as he steps into the conference um but I, I think there's a lot of reasons to be excited about it. What what are you, what's going on? Here? I'm sorry. I
0: don't know. I, I just looked out my window for the first time. There's like a giant clock tower, like right to my, I don't think you can see oh. it. And I'm not going to, no, it, it just started chiming. Is it? Oh, it's 530. Okay. That's why yeah. I, I, I'm I'm glad the mic didn't hear that, but I'm just sitting here and in my no. ear, it's like dong, dong, dong. It looked like ring, something ring. was
1: creeping up on you because you kept looking over your shoulder. That's like usually my bit is like looking over somewhere off in my yeah, apartment. There's a window, so I'm like... in
0: Savannah, Georgia, by the way, if I didn't say where I am, we're at the halfway point of our journey and it's here so that but next to the clock tower so cool nice um cool is there anything
1: else you want to get to portal wise i mean i don't think there's really any other concrete updates that i can I think think we kind of
0: covered it i think that i'm just I, i mean just to echo what you said i don't even want to talk about this for a billion more hours but that is one big takeaway and i don't know if you i don't know what you credit it to if you credit it to nil or the staff or us just being dumb, but I the UCF has gone after a much higher level of quarterback this whole way, regardless of who they end up with, than I thought they were even gonna try for. I thought that it was yeah. gonna be another JRP where they're gonna have to find someone that not a lot of other teams are interested in, or find some young guy that which how funny is that by the way? Like it'd be funny if right when the portal opened, I I came, I traveled back in time and grabbed November U and was like big news Bailey. UCF is going to land the quarterback from Arkansas. And you were like, Malachi Singleton coming home, huh? <laughs> and I'm like, not that one, the better yeah. one. So the same thing when like
1: goes. the same thing where if you would have grabbed me back then I've been like both both RJ Harvey and Javon Baker are back and Kobe Hudson might be back also. I'd be like, okay. Now, because even at that point I was like, maybe they need to go into the portal and like get somebody with a couple of years. Like, I don't know if he's we... quarterback. Now I'm like, no, get a one-year quarterback. Just do
0: it. It makes sense um, for what they have as the does. younger guys in the room. Now that you have EJ Colson in already and you have Riley Trujillo, it's like get a rental and then and then figure out what you're Redshirt both of
1: them. Which, yeah, red shirt mad... both of them and then
0: How mad that's is Malachi it. Singleton right now that he wanted to come, presumably from you know what it sounded like, wanted to come back to UCF and now instead is coming back the guy he couldn't beat out at Arkansas. Like that's just a bad break. That that that's unfortunate. Yeah.
1: Well he never entered the portal,
0: did he? He never entered the portal. So is there is the path there for him to start at Arkansas now or no? I don't, okay. I don't want to like talk without, but I believe I'd read that. No, there's someone else who's going to be starting there. So probably not, but you never know. Quarter. The thing about quarterback is it's unpredictable. It's like Max Duggan was a Heisman finalist in a season where he was not named the starter of his own team, like in the same That's season. True. Like it's just quarterbacks yeah. crazy.
1: The other thing, as I was doing some research on why KJ kind of regressed this year, I was, I came across a video from, I think it's called it's a channel on YouTube called Tusk Talk with Ty. And I was listening to him talk about the, um firing of the offensive coordinator dan enos and as he put it the offense under enos was quote cheeks so if that if that puts into perspective what that offensive coordinator and the whole offensive situation was like for kj this year there you go but um yeah let's move on i guess let's move on to our mailbag for this week we're ending our first ever
0: mailbag first ever pegasus podcast mailbag i think we're ending
1: 2023 on a mailbag segment um I think something that we can actually like actually do more regularly now, maybe that like people are actually asking our new at Pegasus podcast Twitter account questions. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's some to get through here, and we will I'm kind of just going, it's weird. You said you have all your all of them up and you have all of the answers that you want to say. And like, I don't know if they're showing up in different orders for me than you. So I'm just going to pick one and then we'll see what. I just have to say that
0: I am the one who put up that tweet and Bailey was not happy that I, the last sentence of the tweet was, we'll answer anything, but we didn't get anything that crazy. So I think it's Yeah, we didn't get anything that weird. So one was like, what's your social security number or anything like that? So (laughs) anything,
1: um, let's start with a familiar face. Let's start with Brian Wild Bill Peterson at Brian W. Peterson. He asked two questions, um, kind of what we just talked about. Uh, quarterback wise he said one why haven't we seen a quarterback transfer yet and two do you expect an announcement regarding a
0: transfer quarterback before the spring yes well well, now i do
1: (laughs) yeah i
0: I have to point out he tweeted that before the kj stuff broke it's not like brian just didn't see that I do have to say to the first question of why haven't we seen a transfer quarterback yet? That's been less a UCF thing and more a quarterback yeah. total market thing. It's been moving very slowly this year, like because it's domino effects. The top guys have to commit first, and then it moves down. and Cam Ward hasn't decided whether he's going back to college or to going the NFL. Will Howard hasn't picked a home yet. Like it's been very slow moving at the top, so it's been slow moving for everyone. So it's not really a UCF thing. It's just kind of been a slower market this year.
1: Because that's what it was. There were two like really qu- or I can't remember if it were two. I know there was like a couple really quick ones. Yeah, Like when, when early on, like, like it was Riley Leonard, I think to Notre Dame. Right. And then, but even that, what.
0: that was rumored early and it took like two weeks to happen.
1: Mm. Yeah. yeah. So it is, it hasn't really been a UCF thing. And I know, I think the re like the reason for that question has probably been how public all this has been and how drawn out it's felt because oh, yeah. it was really not that long ago. I guess probably a month ago now where we they're talking, we were talking about Tyler Shook or Shuck mm-hmm. from Texas tech. And then we moved on to Grayson McCall for maybe a week. And then there's been kind of nothing a little bit, and then there's the bowl game, and then now it's more, more talk about KJ Jefferson. So it's felt drawn out, but like I think everywhere has kind of been drawn out.
0: Which I and have I to think, say, um, the the when they got JRP the offseason after 2021, it was like this. There was the JRP was not the first option they considered or talked through or even got on campus. It's just, I don't know if it's when you're a power five team, there's just more national eyeballs on you or what, but it just wasn't very public. And this one, it's yeah. like every breath they've taken has been public. So it's just the fan base has been living and dying and it's just felt a lot more drawn out but this really this is just kind of how it goes
1: yeah and i think it's, even if they don't land kj jefferson i still think the, to the answer to the second question i think they do get some quarterback before the spring
0: if they don't I land don't kj know, jefferson I, i'm going in the panic mode like we're just gonna have like alarms blaring and it, like the what's the meme from like spongebob where they're all running around like an office with things yeah in yeah, like and his, and his brain it's <laughs> gonna be this podcast because yeah. i i don't know it's like i'm i can't you can't dangle two really like I can't believe two times in the same offseason we're going to do. If you get this quarterback, you might be a big 12 contender next year and then take it away from me twice. Like, no way, but <laughs> they have to get this one.
1: Um, oh, this one's fun. Let's go to night. Hand Luke says you are granted one wish before the next season can be anything team related. What do you wish for? And no, you can't have more wishes.
0: I have or, an important clarifying question about this. Yeah. Um. Do both of our wishes go into effect? Like, do we each get, like, can we coordinate our wishes?
1: I guess so, but like I have a cheating answer and then I'm trying to think of like a real answer.
0: Okay, what's your cheating answer? Well
1: actually I don't know if the cheating answer even really makes sense. Okay before go on. next season. Well, if if I have a wish before the season, I'm just gonna say my wish is that big 12, about UCF wins the big twelve. Isn't <sighs> okay. that I guess isn't that
0: yeah this is gonna make my wish look really superficial
1: what was (laughs) yours? i wish they would bring
0: back cuter yeah (laughs) i wish they'd bring back the for next year
1: okay um let me think of like an answer that isn't just you can wish that i wish (laughs) that
0: yeah but i I feel
1: like it cheats the question a little bit because it's like i just want ucf to win all the games i was thinking
0: of it more like i wish they could land a really good linebacker in the portal you're just like i wish that they achieve their goals (laughs) (laughs) And, and win yeah
1: Here's one. If, if we can't wish for them to win every game, wish for them to win this conference, beat Florida, I guess.
0: I was literally going to say, I think I put yeah. up a poll earlier this week asking fans, since everyone's all angry, like what this team would need to do next season, like at this point for them not be angry again. And I knew Go the Florida game one, was apparently. important, but there were a lot of replies. It, it's like Ohio State Michigan vibes. Like there were all these replies of people just like, I don't care what happens, just beat Florida, just beat Florida, which I understand because that being a regular season game, especially in the swamp, like that will have that game, if UCF wins it, that will have. Ripple effects that go well beyond that game into recruiting, into brand, into everything. I mean, that I was, is gonna be the biggest regular season game UCS played in yeah. uh, a long time.
1: I was just thinking about I I was just thinking about that myself, like how how much that would mean a lot is crazy to think about.
0: Look and how it, much it, it the bowl feel meant, like it's,
1: right? Yeah. And this is so much bigger. And it doesn't feel like it's super unrealistic. Like I know we don't really know what this team looks like next year. But say they land KJ Jefferson, who did go into they went to the swamp last year and beat Florida. So yeah. he's done it before. Um, he is a Gator slayer, like Mikey. And we don't know, we don't know what the defense is going to look like at all. We don't know what Florida is going to look like. They just lost their top running back to to Georgia, and they're kind of in shambles. But like we, I, I kind of with Florida, it's always just like, yeah, even if they're worst, like they'll figure something out and probably yeah. be around five or six wins. Um, and a five or six
0: win Florida team is still pretty solid in like a, a I don't know.
1: Even when Florida's
0: been at their absolute worst over the last few years, they've still been capable of hanging with and beating like the very good teams because they're just stacked with five stars and four stars. Even when they're bad, they occasionally can put it together. So I have no idea. I will say they're at the point with how bad their program is doing right now that if that game was at the bounce house, I'd be feeling flat out confident, but it's not, it's at the swamp, which is a tough place to play. I also think that's a game that Napier probably knows he's fired after it's over if Florida doesn't win the game. So God, I I just can't believe that. 100%. That game, yeah. I know we just talked about this, but that game felt like a billion years into the future when we did our pod about them announcing that series. And the fact that it's next year now is just so crazy to me. 10 months. Well, actually less than 10
1: months. Probably. Less than 10 but months. Not, yeah, almost nine months. Yeah, that's crazy. Um,
0: that's just like, basically, if you're like, having a kid right now, by the time the baby's being born, they'll be playing Florida. That's why, Yeah. Yeah, um, example,
1: but you know what I mean? <laughs> was, I mean? I think anytime someone says nine months. Nine months, you you just, just, yeah, he just, yeah. That's what it, it is. Um, let's get to this one from Clay Pasco who says, is that your real name? That's a cool name, Clay Pasco. I don't know. Something. Is like that a, a cool name?
0: What's unusual about that name?
1: Huh? I don't know. I mean, well, Pasco's a county. So, like, I don't know if that's a thing. Oh, maybe. Maybe know. he's just Clay from um, Pasco. Who knows? Maybe, but it's a cool name either way. Um, Hypothetically speaking, if we can't just can't seem to get a portal quarterback, are we comfortable with starting Timmy next year or do we see what risk is capable of? What kind of success do we see with either of these quarterbacks in year two of the Big 12? I don't know. I don't know. We did the really fun thing
0: where on our last podcast I went on a whole thing or two podcasts ago now, I guess, and talked about how I don't get why the staff won't give Timmy a chance. And then they then he JRP got hurt at the end of the Gasper level and Timmy came in and threw like a fifty seven yard pass to Javon And I was like, this is gonna feed some Twitter narratives and then threw a pick like immediately after. So nah, I don't I don't know. I I don't know what their ceiling is with either of those guys. I also just don't know this staff seems so anti Timmy. Part of me is like, would they just roll with risk for him? I don't know. I think. I don't know. I, I think, think it's a moot point to be honest, because yeah. I think they're going to get a transfer no matter what, but
1: I think so. But I think they would honestly give risk every chance of winning that
0: job. Yeah. Um, like he would have I, ample opportunity to take it away from him in spring. It's ball.
1: so, it's so hard to even really answer that. Like what, what you could expect from, especially expect from risk because right. we've never seen him. Like we've seen him. Well, were we tell him like one game, They we played one game, maybe I think yeah, he, got he played the yeah, Villanova, right? Villanova he played, but again, but what can you even, tell from that? You know, exactly. Um, so I, I really don't know. And if they start Timmy next year, I, I don't know. We might see probably a lot of what we saw this year. Like, I,
0: I think. The, the offense wasn't that bad with Timmy this year, the few games they had. I mean, they didn't win those games, but that was more of a can't stop the run even a little bit thing than a Timmy is a terrible quarterback thing. I mean, he had bad moments, but they were mental moments. I still feel like if the staff went all in over the course of an offseason on, we know he's our quarterback. We need to get him better and work with him. And he's getting all these first team reps all throughout the off season, I think they could knock a lot of that out. I really do feel that way.
1: I was gonna say, is this a wild take that if they if he's if he's their starter next year, if he starts 12 games, they go six and six. That's like that's how I feel almost. I almost feel like if, they win six games.
0: If Timmy's their starter, yeah. That would be everyone would want the whole staff fired. That would be rough I know. if they just went six and six again. I but think they I don't could... know, like that's not something that's not something
1: about their ceiling, but I feel like he could get them six wins again. I think they could do better than six and six. I think which, they could. Yeah, I think they could. I'm just saying, I think they could comfortably, you could almost say like, yeah, like they'll win six to eight, maybe.
0: There's a lot to be sorted out in the portal still, not just for UCF, but for everyone. But the next year's schedule is a lot more favorable than this year's schedule was. So that I, I, I think that they could do better than six and six. My,
1: my problem though, is like, do, and there's still stuff to figure out defensively and all that, but like these teams that are more favorable playing next year, like do they have running backs?
0: Uh, UCF's I'm, I'm... missing all the good running back teams. Like Taj Brooks is coming back. Ollie Gordon is coming back. Kansas, but no, but Devin do they, do they, they have back. running backs? Well, yeah, every team has fe- running backs. Running back. Bailey, it's, Lowell. there's no way. All right, I'm gonna knock on wood. Don't. There don't is, do I knocked on wood so I can say it. There is no way the run defense next year is going to be as bad as it was this year. There is no way it's going to be that bad. I don't see how they don't even remotely improve. It might not be good, but there is no <laughs> way it's this disastrous again. Because this year they just literally had one serviceable linebacker. And right now they've already added one. So they're, they're, they're they're even, they're still at one, but I feel like they'll add more as the season goes along or maybe Andrew Harris is ready by the time we get to fall. I just, I don't buy it. And also Addison Williams will be in year two as a coordinator announced of year one. You hopefully learn from your mistakes. I, I don't buy it being that bad again. I just don't.
1: I would hope not. It was more of a joke, but every running back ever can have their career high when they play against UCF. It is funny
0: you say that though, because there have been so many articles about how like every superstar big 12 running back which there's a lot of all four of them decided to come back for another year which is awesome including ollie gordon who you point out to me as a sophomore so like where was he going like he had to come back but yeah
1: that must have been a portal thing I, when you sent me that i was like well yeah he has to
0: come back and you're yeah, like he, he hasn't choice and i was like what do you mean he's, he's not sophomore. going to the big 10 yay but um yeah. ucf misses all of them they miss, because the the big four running backs in the big 12 are rj harvey ollie gordon taj brooks and Devin neal and ucf's missing all three of the others which is really funny and and also beneficial and i'm happy about that. <laughs> so. That should yeah, a little bit. So,
1: which which unnamed running back is going to like for some reason edge out R.J. Harvey for um at, at, to make their make it into the top four of all Big Twelve selections?
0: Dion's going to unearth some like running back who just because that's Dion in Colorado, they'll get a lot of hype. I don't know. <laughs> you never know.
1: Yeah. Um. All right. Let's. I've did this in a weird order. I'm just kind of going all over the board. Let's get to J.P.'s question. J.P. JP Gilbert. Gilbert says, "Why are Gus Malzahn and Terry Mohajer intent on killing the football program I love?" I don't have I I you sent me that and I was like we're asked we're answering questions not mysteries. I don't know what their I hidden motives are. I laughed
0: so much when you texted texted me that. <laughs> um I so frankly here's what I think I'll 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 tell you what. And if you don't follow JP on, JP Gilbert on Twitter, you absolutely should unless you're easily offended in which case don't because then you're going to be the people that he points out that you're choosing to follow him and you don't really have to I don't get I see that a lot cuz JP's a it's private so account. Funny. And he t- I, I enjoy his Twitter a lot. He tweets stuff I don't agree with every now and then. Well, every, every now and then, a lot of the time. But it's just like, oh, I don't agree and I move on. Some people just be like, how dare you? Like, don't you realize? People recruits... calling him a
1: cancer to the program. <laughs>
0: yeah, he got called a cancer to the program. Don't you realize recruits can see this private accounts tweets? I just, so don't be that. Quite, but lit- if, quite literally cannot. Naturally. But if you if you can take a joke and also like see tweets that you disagree with and not pull your own hair out, then like follow him because he's a good follow. But yeah. what I think happened is that I think that Gus saw the tweet about how he can't draw a clock. And I think from that point on, <laughs> he just decided, I'm going to intentionally tank this program just to make this man who thinks I can't draw a clock unhappy. That's what I think happened. Well, that's the thing is Gus, Gus
1: if he saw that tweet, then he's he's also locked in with JP and he he chooses <laughs> to follow him. So no, I don't know. I, I I made the joke. I think it was during the Kansas game, um, which I wasn't even watching. I was just following the reaction on Twitter. <laughs> um, I made the joke that this was his revenge for the Peach Bowl. Um, yeah, so that, that's been he, a joke want to choose the conspiracies, then sure. I, I don't have an answer to that question. I don't know. So do you I do that, feel like things <laughs> have gone
0: downhill since Terry Mahogra got here no, in a lot of sense. But. This is the thing that I was going to say, and it's not a conversation to have on this podcast, And but like I I feel like how other people feel about Malzahn is how I feel about Mahat. Like I'm a lot closer to being out on Mahogra than I am on Gus, and I'm not close to being out on either of them, but in my opinion, I don't care about a lot of the things that the fans think have been bad with Malzahn. I think that a lot of them have been overblown. I think a lot of fans just keep waiting for it to be 2017, even though I keep trying to explain it, it's not going to happen. I feel like there have been way more real tangible problems that have emerged via Mahajer that have me more worried. So as far as state of the program type stuff, I'm more on that end of being concerned than I am with Guz.
1: Yeah, that's fair. Um, this and is he a took good away Peter. To... So
0: what are we yeah. even doing here?
1: This is a good question to tie in with that. From Ian Haro says, what do you wish Terry or Gus's New Year's resolution should be in regards for UCF? Hmm.
0: I gave Terry Mahadra the New Year's resolution. We did a New Year's resolutions podcast last year, which we're not doing this year because that was fun.
1: Yeah.
0: Um and I gave him the resolution to talk less because I felt like I like, think I think I had something wrong along the same lines. I think he kind of did. Well, maybe not. Um I feel like he did a little no, bit. No, we haven't had nearly as many as many gaffes and that's the thing is because if you guys don't i'm sure you guys remember the first year that mahadra was ad it was just he just kept saying stuff that like he clearly wasn't a big deal but it was just the way he phrased things end up like blowing up like the time that he messed up series stuff and like made it sound like we turned down a home and home with washington to schedule fau which of course wasn't true but he like phrased it that way and it got confusing there's just been a lot and there haven't been as many this year i think my new year's resolution for Mahajer this year would be to never give it give let his uniform opinion override that of what the fans want again because i'm still really I knew it was be something like that. i'm never I gonna was let that gonna say, go think, it's gonna be 2035 i wish peter was a thing can you even say
1: like the resolution is just bring back peter because that's like that was the first thing i thought of
0: um what if terry Mahajer tweeted i will allow the peter uniforms to return but only if frankie valley comes with them what do you think the well, fan I was base just would gonna decide? say
1: my resolution for him is actually to not try to force feed a new random tradition from some old song. Like now that, now that everyone's killed the Frankie Valley song dead, like don't just come up with a new one. Just leave it. Yeah. Just leave it it alone. Um, So that's fine for him for Gus. um, win more games, I don't know. I have a clear one for Gus. (laughs) What you stop trying the, to th- stop trying to throw the ball at
0: running back every yes. five plays? <laughs> yeah, that was literally what I was going to yeah. say. I That's think fair. his New Year's resolution should go through a whole season where the only players who attempt passes are at the quarterbacks. That's my Gus New Year's resolution. He, he can't do it. He, it's I don't think it's not that hard. You just don't. I don't think he can it's really not do it. that. You know how many teams each year don't have a player who's not the quarterback throw a ball? It, it, it's really easy. You just don't do it.
1: it I mean, so jokes aside, right now. Say like a, a year from right now, we're talking about the 2024 season. Did a did a player that wasn't a quarterback throw a pass? Yes. Yeah, it's it's gonna happen. So like, yes. he's gonna fail his New Year's I think, it's given a lot, a lot my luck
0: and this talk we just had, they're like RJ Harvey's gonna throw a pass that like first wins play. them their first Big 12 title. Oh. Like it'll be like some incredible key moment, and then we'll all have to look like idiots you, forever thinking that that they shouldn't have done it. I don't. I don't know. I, I think like if
1: it ever comes down to a moment like that. I I almost think the opposing defensive coordinator is gonna think that he's gonna have the running back throw a pass and the the team will have it sniffed out because they'll just know. There was no that was that was the big joke where it was like when RJ announced he's coming back, like oh gosh, now he's another year of RJ attempting passes, which he was a former quarterback, which it's not against against RJ. It's more Gus saying, Hey, I have this former quarterback at running back. He can throw the ball.
0: There was a tweet that went viral last week. It was about the NFL, but I thought it was applicable to this situation. It was how coaches wait until fourth down to pull out the stupidest play call you've ever seen in your life. And like, I feel like you're right. Like, anytime but UCF enough about Gus down. Anytime you see ups in a fourth down situation this year, the the defense coordinator just gonna be staring at Harvey. Like, I know what you're about to do. I know. I know what's
1: coming. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's unreal. Um, okay, I'm all over the board here. Just let's go look. in order. Why are you confused? Oh, it's too yourself. late for that. I didn't go in order. <laughs> um, let's go to. Jason Sanders and Meyer, also known as Gas Brillable enjoyer, who probably didn't enjoy the gas brillable this year. Can I ask uh, a question assuming, that I'm afraid yes. to ask?
0: Who is Jason Sanders?
1: He's a kicker for the Miami Dolphins. Okay. Whew, I was worried he was going to be someone that I was supposed to know. Okay. Oh, no, not no really. Um, assuming UCF lands KJ Jefferson for next year, what would be the floor and ceiling for next year?
0: Floor 11 and we 1, ceiling bit. 12 and 0.
1: Oh, no. No. We talked about this a little bit because there's a lot of other elements and things they have to fix defensively and probably in terms of depth on offense because – still don't really know who their receivers are outside of well kobe's not even back for sure so yeah. we really don't know outside of Javon. um am i missing anyone no just Javon, right townsend. Like, townsend 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 that's right um and running back i mean i think they're, they're good at running back but there's other things they're gonna have to fix and they might have to figure out the kicking position i don't know so i, I can't they're even gonna really have tell to you. figure I, out the kicking position
0: that's the thing it's tough because i know that we're i know that Fans and and everyone, including ourselves, like everyone's very quarterback centric when it comes to football, especially college football. But there are other things that we just don't know about yet. So it's hard.
1: They can land him, they can have a top 10 offense as their ceiling and still win seven games. Let's just do gut. Everyone's pissed about it.
0: When I read the question, my gut reaction was floor seven and five, ceiling 10 and two. That's just kind of, I don't know. That sounds about right. Yeah. Actually, what I had in mind. Um, (laughs) Yeah, and I think we'll
1: see. Like, I think you mentioned earlier with the schedule being more favorable, like that helps. I will yep. see how it actually plays out, like week to week, what the schedule looks Which, like. We say it's favorable now
0: until they have to play. We know they play at TCU and at Iowa State, and it turns out that those are like the two 10 win teams of the Big 12 next year. Then yeah. it's not so favorable. Or if like the Iowa State games, like late November, like that from what we know right now, it looks pretty favorable, but that's always, you know, that can change. Oh, imagine they're going to get a snow game at Iowa State. I don't want to imagine that. I'm okay. Can that be like a I, September game? I'd rather imagine <laughs> it and not see it. Um, Man, that's I an automatic so, so. loss if it's after October. I'm, I'm penciling that in right now.
1: <laughs> um, okay, so I think that's about right. 10-2, and 7-5. Yep. and five. Uh, From UCF Chris, they, they say, how many wins does Gus need next year to restore faith in him from the fan base?
0: Well, good news. I can just pull up the poll I did and we can see. I mean, it
1: depends on the craziness level of the UCF fan you ask because some will say that he needs to win the conference next year. To save him, to save himself.
0: So a few days ago, if you didn't see this, and I got a good sample size, nine hundred sixty-seven replies. I tweeted, knowing what we know right now, what does UCF's record need to be in twenty twenty-four for you to not be very angry and want coaching changes when the season's over? Forty-nine percent of fans or voters said eight and four. Thirty-four percent said nine and three. Twelve percent said ten and two, and eleven percent said said eleven and one. Eleven percent so, of you are insane. Honestly, 17, 17% of you are insane. Yeah. Like anyone who voted 10 and like, you really, like, I, I'm guys, they're not in the AAC anymore. <laughs> like, you need to wrap your head around the fact that the whole, we're just going to go win 10 games every year, whatever thing is not possible at this level of the sport. No one does it in the Power Five except for the actual Blue Bloods. Everyone else goes up and down like a seesaw. You just, you got to wrap yeah. your heads around that or you're going to be miserable for the rest of your lives and you're going to make me miserable and I'm going to be pissed about that. Got to let it go. But yeah. So yeah. apparently, I don't even believe this poll, though, because I think if they go 9-3 and next year, there's a good chunk of the fan base that's still going to be pissed about that, which is really stupid. But, you know, what can you do?
1: A lot of this, and I think it's fair or unfair, a lot of it depends on how they get to whatever their record is. Like I agree. And a lot of people applied and said, I
0: care more about how the Florida game goes than what the actual record is. It's like all
1: year long, it was, you know, I wanted them to get to six wins, and they got to six and six. Like, I think they, they achieved that. They were the only team new big 12 team to make a bowl game. And I was happy about that, but just how they got to six and six made it like an unenjoyable season almost all the way through other than like the Oklahoma state game, because it was just like, there was a, a five week stretch of the season where I was like, I hate everything about this program. And I don't want to even talk about them anymore. I know I've said um, it
0: one billion times, but if they just hadn't lost the damn Baylor game, man, like I just completely changed the season. I, even though it was just one game and one, I know seven and six and six and seven, there's not much of a difference. If they just won that freaking game, I man, I think fans are a lot happier, right? Now. I think everyone's a lot calmer right now. If it's but yeah, if it,
1: it, I don't think people care as much that they lost to the Georgia Tech if they won the Baylor game because they'd be. Still I don't know though because.
0: But I talked about this in the last pod. I'm not going to do the thing again where I just keep yelling at the fan base over and over again because I know you guys love that and love to just hear me act all superior, but. The, I, I It does bother me how there were there was a, there was a chunk of the fan base that was fine with where things were before the bowl game, and then the bowl game happened, and now they're like fire the staff. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't know how many years we have to do this where the bowl game doesn't matter. It do, not only doesn't matter from like how you feel about it. I mean, it literally impacts nothing. Like bowl games are weird. Weird stuff happens. It doesn't really have anything to do with the season that just happened. Doesn't have anything to do doesn't have anything to do with the season that's about to happen. I don't know why I'm having a hard time speaking today. I've been drinking a soda. While I've been doing this, which I don't usually <laughs> usually do during the podcast. And I'm like on a buzz right now. So I think I'm just trying to say like nine words at the same time. But okay. I don't know. Just don't let a bowl game color how you feel about the future because it has absolutely nothing to do with what's coming next season.
1: Yeah. Um, speaking of the future, DJP asks, What is the path forward for this team? What needs to happen to make next season a success? And how many wins do we need to get to define next season a success? So kind of along the same lines. Like I think I, right for me.
0: Now... Oh, go you ahead. go first. I'm curious what you're gonna say.
1: I feel like Before we know how the schedule lines up and all the what those teams are going to look like, I and mm, mm, I don't know the quarterback's going to be. So like I don't know what to really expect. Truthfully, yeah. But I would my real hope and dream, I guess not dream, my dream for everything above this, but eight wins. If you get to eight wins, that's a solid improvement. You're eight and four. You're probably right on the outside of contending. That's I was going to say. I don't know how that's exactly. I don't I mean I guess I, I don't know. I, I I can't really reason with some of the people who think that, that that their ceiling every year should be higher than that. But it's like I don't know how you really can expect more than a two-win improvement would be would be solid from, from year to year. Because we've seen teams in the past, was a TCU came in what they win six games and the next year they won four or three? Like teams don't always, you know, jump up from year to year. So if you make an improvement, that's that's a big deal.
0: I was going to so. say that up until this past season in all of modern college football history only two teams have ever jumped from group of five to power five that was tcu in 2012 and utah in 2011 and both of them were significantly worse in year two which has Mm -hmm. been scary and that's why we've talked about next year is a bit of a scary year so i don't really even have a barometer but like you said to me i think if they get to eight and four and i think it's how they fare in conference play too like i i I think and it is that is very much that florida game i think whether they win or lose that is going to really color how people feel about next season but if you're competing near the top of a 16 team big 12 in year in year two it's hard to not say that was a successful season yeah
1: um i think we have three questions left so let me um i think this is all right let's get to this one let's get to mike md Knight 2016 says let's do the way too early player predictions for the high school class of 2024 who is the offensive recruit and defensive recruit you see being most impactful
0: next year offense is easy to me defense is really tough that's kind of where I'm at. Offense, I'm thinking Kylan Fox. It's gonna be Kylan Fox because, because there's of... tight end is so thin man. Like he's gonna yeah. get out there just by default.
1: Um, defense. Defense
0: is more difficult. Defense is tough because a lot of their top defensive guys are DBs, and DBs are tough to nail how they're gonna translate. So I don't know. I might just say take... on because he's a linebacker yeah. and mm, they need that. That's probably so.
1: a good pick. Yeah. Well, I'll I'm gonna be boring and agree with that. I wanna okay. take debate and just say because it was rating Jalen Hayward, but nice. I've done that before and I don't know.
0: Mm-hmm. I think, I think that's fair. I think, I think, I think we can just agree on that.
1: I also don't have the list up in front of me. So I'm definitely forgetting someone that I want to, mm, I don't know. Yeah. yeah let's, I mean, let's defense.
0: There's that. not an obvious one. I mean, like I said, it's, there's like Jacob good, maybe, or Christian. I think Quay's a good one know.
1: because he's a linebacker. I think you're yeah. right. Like, I think if they can have, they can get another linebacker and whatever. I know what's the guy that got Nikai like hill green, right. Is the one from Charlotte. And if they can get another one, great. And then maybe you have Quay as, like, your number three who kind of can rotate. Because this year it was really – they had Jason Johnson. They had – Jason – yeah, Jason. I always, Why do I always mess that up? Jason and Jordan Johnson. Jason Johnson, and they had um, Walter Yates. And then they kind of had Ryan Davis for a little bit. And then once they put him on the field, they were like, let's run right at Ryan
0: Davis. And that so, was tough, man. I, that was well, – I, I just feel bad. Was just he the biggest play, bust of trying. the portal cycle? Because I feel like you should say games no. since he never even played, but – Ryan Davis, like, it was just like, hallelujah. They have solved their linebacker needs. And then he was really just not good.
1: I always was wonder what it would on. have been like if Antonio Greer would have just stuck.
0: It would have been a different season. I don't think it would have been a dramatically different season, but they might have won a game or two that they lost.
1: Um, I don't know. I just think some of the guys that didn't play at all, like, probably were bigger busts just because it didn't even. Just because
0: Corey Gamage did not play. He didn't make the depth chart after yeah. leading a pretty decent group of five human receiving yards for two years
1: yeah um all right two more questions let's get to oh i lost it charles dollars says what happens first this is a fun one tottenham winning a trophy or ucf winning the big 12 uh, we la- We lost like maybe half of our listeners just now so like what's tottenham
0: <laughs> what is um, a tottenham
1: yeah uh, one video where the guys like Tot-, they're asking this guy if he knows like premier league teams and they say they, they say tottenham he kind of like gives them a blank stare and then they're like tottenham hotspur he goes topspur <laughs> and just has no idea. So Tottenham haven't won a trophy since 2008. Um, I still, I still think they're going to win a trophy before. UCF I think it's
0: I'm just going total, just basic facts. Tottenham has more opportunities in a season to do that than UCF does. That's a good point. So just, I'm playing math to say it'll be Tottenham, and maybe I'm stupid since it's literally been so But
1: yeah, I my dream is that they win one this year in the FA Cup, but they're probably not going to. But we'll see. No, <laughs> what I, a I think they are had. A, if this was, if this was. Last year, I still I might have said UCF and winning the Big Twelve because of the state of Tottenham. No one really cares that other than if this was like a month ago,
0: I would have very confidently said Tottenham,
1: honestly. But what can you do? (laughs) Yeah. Um. All right. Last one, which I don't even know how to answer. This from Ethan Cahill says, "Do you find it annoying that Disney no longer builds rides with original IP, or do you prefer rides built off of known properties?" Okay. Never mind. This made sense to me the second time I read it.
0: I don't know. I. I, It's interesting. I kind of like it. It's interesting. Now, Ethan, why you asked us this, I have no earthly idea. Especially <laughs> why do you want to know what we think about it? I don't think we've ever even mentioned I'm wearing a Disney on this podcast. You are wearing wear, a Disney hat. I
1: wear a it, Disney hat a lot on this podcast. Oh, maybe that's, that's where, where it came know. from then. I don't think I've ever Probably noticed not. a
0: Disney hat. Um, yeah, came You know, it's honestly a good point, though, because I feel like Disney's reverse engineered a lot of that into everything else, right? Like Pirates of the Caribbean was the ride, and then that became a huge movie franchise. So maybe if they were making more original rides and things like that then it could like reverse engineer but i also just don't think that's the way like you look at the lines for like harry potter like when that opened at universal or like the avatar world at disney like that like there is no yeah people aren't lining up like that guardians, of the galaxy. Never heard of. guardians of the galaxy like the only way to get those kind of crowds in the doors it's got to be something they already care about so i feel like it sucks but they're never gonna do it again those a really I mean, good analysis go me i
1: i don't <laughs> I I was never, I never went to Disney a lot as a kid. So I don't really have some of the, I've seen people get annoyed and sad about like some of the older rides getting swapped out for new ones with these like established IPs. And I don't feel that same nostalgia. So I don't really like care. It's just like, oh, that's exciting. Like I know, I know exactly. That's kind of what it is. Like I know this property and that's going to be really cool. So. You're the problem. (laughs) That's what we. I guess I am, but at the end of the day, like if it's a good ride, it's a good ride. So like uh, people are mad. I think that maybe I know you're gonna maybe get mad at me for this because you love dinosaurs. But the dinosaur ride is supposedly like that whole area is gonna be swapped out for something. I don't remember exactly what it was. At Disney, but I don't. I think so. They're getting rid of the
0: dinosaur ride
1: yeah but i just i thought i hated that ride i went on for the first time when i went like three months ago and i did not like it i, I, no. I did not have fun
0: you don't like the dinosaur ride at disney where no. it's like the asteroid coming down you're kidding me. which is actually the funny because ast- that's not even know. wait which ride are you talking about What's the one, one where you're rides?
1: like in the like i don't think so i don't remember i don't remember the asteroid part of it i just remember it was very like jerky and bumpy and it wasn't is it like, dark fun and inside thing. yeah yeah yeah. yeah the whole the big point T-Rex of that ride is you're
0: trying to outrace the asteroid oh Pay that's attention. right yeah 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 Pay attention yeah. Well, um, no. I, also, the funny fun. part is that's not even original IP. That's there was a movie called Dinosaur that right, yeah, is based off. <laughs> that's true. Um,
1: yeah, I don't know. I, I'm trying to think of an example. Like, what? What's an example? I'm trying. Now I'm lost. It's all gone. I because that's the, the only other like,
0: example I could think of is Universal because they got rid of the Jaws ride and I was really pissed about that because I love the Jaws ride. Also, not original IP. It was based off the yeah. Jaws movie. I don't know. I guess there just is nothing original anymore. It's too bad. Is and and then there's
1: stuff that I just don't even really know because like. I actually I actually watched it. I don't. I'm really bad at retaining information because there's this whole behind the behind the attraction thing on Disney Plus that I watched and, and was really interested in. And they talked about like the making of Tower of Terror and how like right. this Twilight Zone tied in with that. But I don't remember like I don't remember the the, the order of like I don't know. Obviously, it's how I Twilight had Zone no idea first, that but...
0: Tower of Terror was connected to Twilight Zone until right now. That's I'd never do that. Well, if you've never been on it, then right? Yeah. No, okay. no,
1: I haven't been on it. I've been, okay. Yeah. So you, you can't go on it without knowing. So <laughs> to, the six, to the six the listeners
0: where... who are still here, um, I... Uh, should we do a Disney podcast? We should do a Disney podcast. That, that would, I'm sure there's none of those. Um, One thing about me is I'm terrified of like anything that drops or oh, goes true. fast. Yeah, I think, so I, I, I I'm not getting, on, not getting on Tower of Terror under any circumstances. I did Velocicoaster okay. a few months ago and I thought I was having a heart attack when I got off. And I don't mean like that, like as like hyperbole, like I went to the bathroom and clutched my heart because I thought I was actually having a heart attack after. So that's me but anyway or did you just
1: go on it just because you love Jurassic Park is that why no I, well you, that, I know you don't like roller coasters I got so peer pressure I
0: got peer pressured uh, to go on to it don't give into peer pressure guys <laughs>
1: that's the moral of this question um Disney gave in to the peer pressure of doing what people like and I don't know I don't know I, I, I bet Ethan never guessed
0: when he left that question that it was the one we would talk about the most on this
1: podcast <laughs> I'm just interested I could talk more about it if like if we had time and if people actually cared but no one does um even probably does hopefully so tune in Otherwise, next week he for just the... us on a wild goose chase for no reason
0: tune in next week for the pluto podcast when we talk about everything disney related and it's gonna be a great time
1: <laughs> that's great i think that was that was the last one i wanted to end on yep. that one because i wanted to get into like all the ucf stuff first so thank you all for the questions i think this was fun i, I had a good time doing this i did have a good time so we'll we'll maybe circle back to doing this not every week but from time to time uh, probably like in the off season when there's nothing to talk about we're like all right just send us your question this is our new bail um,
0: option when we can't come up with a topic is we just tweet give us something and then we'll talk about that so it, it was works fun.
1: um football news i mentioned this during the terry mohajer question about his new year's resolution but we collectively pulled through to kill the frankie valley song yeah we did that happened last week feels like forever ago but it happened last week um and so just uh, i want to give a hat tip to anyone Especially the person who donated what was like ten thousand dollars in like the last few hours, because someone donated on the the keep it side for ten thousand. Yep. I was like, oh, we're cooked, and then someone pulled through with someone with much deeper pockets than I. I
0: want to know the reaction of the person who donated ten thousand dollars and then didn't win. Like, that must be crazy. Like, to put that kind of money into this, and then your side doesn't win. That's. I that's... don't know. Let's ask
1: Terry Mahajer. What, what do you think?
0: What is. <laughs> Eric DeSalvo talking? posted the video of it just it yeah. zooms in on Terry's face. He's just like, it wasn't me.
1: <laughs> Bearded Terry Mahajer, actually. Bearded yeah. Terry Mahajer. That was another piece of news from last week, and he's a beard now. Um, UCF got a 2025 commitment from Tampa Bay Tech wide receiver, Santonio Cozy Isaac. I love that. I love that Santonio Cozy Isaac. From Kobe um, to Cozy. Committed... It's
0: going to be a great evolution.
1: He committed to UCF last week. And then the final piece of news, Alec Holler declared for the NFL draft. I know there was the whole thing about maybe he has a year of eligibility left, maybe he doesn't. I think we settled on he actually did if he wanted to, He does.
0: He does. Um,
1: and then he announced his intention of, of declaring for the draft, which, I mean, probably better than being in college for another year. I don't know, like maybe he latches on somewhere as a as an undrafted free agent. I, I don't really see him as a draft. Like He's not, he's not going to get a draft grade or anything, but it's probably that point in his career where it's like, yeah, I need to go see if I can make it.
0: I was going to say whether like I don't as of now, probably I'd I'd be a little surprised if he catches on in the NFL, but also not everyone wants to be in college for eight years. I think he's probably he's married I think he's probably ready to move on with his life. And he was an awesome. He's going to be one of those guys for UCF. That was just such a great story. Start to finish. We'll talk about a lot over the years. I mean, just I mean, how many guys in modern college football go from walk on to power five starter? That is not that is not available to many and team captain and multi-year starter and team captain who they bring in florida's starting tight end are like you're gonna take his job and alex like nah, i don't think so like i just that was a pretty cool story start to finish
1: and then we'll always have one of probably the you want to call it iconic or just one of the coolest pictures in ucf football history of him making that catch to beat usf last year incredible it it was a a great catch and just it's a great picture so yeah i I always was a fan of hollers just his story and also just his personality He seems like a fun a fun guy so fun to root for uh, game of the week: UCF women's basketball. They'll start conference play on Saturday. They are nine and one heading into conference play. They're at Oklahoma Saturday at two o'clock. Oklahoma is six and five. The first Big Twelve game uh, of the season. So exciting! I didn't realize it was. I guess we are getting the end of December. So I guess men's will start probably early January. Their their conference slate. So yeah, it's getting scary. We'll see. I'm. I, it's scary. I think with. Um, with the men's, because we just have all along known like once they get to conference play, like watch out. I don't really know as much about you know. I I I've done research in past years. I don't know what the landscape looks like of Big Twelve women's basketball right now. I know UCF's been playing really well, um, but we'll see once they step up to that competition how how things go. I'm I'm they they probably
0: finish with more Big Twelve wins than the men's team right probably let me tell you men i don't think they're going to be the worst uh i don't think they're gonna be the worst basketball team the did 12 this year oklahoma state really is really freaking bad and west virginia is also really freaking bad so we'll see what actually happens at conference play but they actually might finish third to last which for me is like disney parade <laughs> like we're doing it disney um, Disney. we're back on
1: it i <laughs> That's actually great news to me. I I have not done a good job. I think I said this on the podcast. I have not done a good job of paying attention to UCF basketball this year in non-conference. And I think it's because they've, I've been busy, but they've also, I think, played played like, nobody. (laughs) am I going to tune into a game against, I almost said UT Martin, which where we just got to commit from, but I don't know, whatever team, am I going to go watch a game against the University of San Francisco? I don't, like, I don't really feel like I'm going to tune in for that. Um, I don't know. I just thought of another team. I don't know what games was gonna that say. One. That was a like, bad
0: one. They whatever was a bad one.
1: They're actually good, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, don't know. I can't think of anybody. Um, Alabama State. There, there's the, What's the camel? Campbell. 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 Yeah. Campbell. There you go. Um. So yeah, I just haven't really paid attention. So I'm probably gonna like try to start paying attention more, just as they're gonna start losing most of their games. So hopefully they they do better than expected, and and it sounds good that other teams are maybe worse. So. Be exciting but yeah women's basketball starting conference play at Oklahoma on Saturday their first home big twelve game is next week against Oklahoma State. So um excited to see how that all plays out. But let's go to tweet, tweet of the Week.
0: Tweet of the week tweet of the week doesn't go to a specific tweet. It goes to those of you who voted for 11 and one in the poll I mentioned earlier. <laughs> um I, I hope all of you seek help and uh find a way to not be like that because I don't know what reality you live in. And I even saw a couple of people justifying it their replies like it's a loser mentality to not like want to be the best and I'm like you know I can't help that Uh, level of insanity I just don't know what to say to that I'll tell you right now
1: our mentality my mentality has zero effect on anything so it's (laughs) it's not gonna matter if the UCF's not gonna not go 11-1 and next year because I was like yeah I'd be fine with eight and four they're not gonna be like oh he said we got we got the eight wins so no, you
0: see, good. so what happened in the gas Bowl was that, you know how the offense looked pretty good in the first half. And what happened is at halftime, John Rice, Plumlee and some of the other offensive players saw my tweets about how six and six was the goal this season. And they were like, well, we did our goal. So let's just not score any points in the second half. So it's really my fault because I didn't have the right mentality.
1: Yeah, not the yeah. right mentality, loser mentality. Christian. Loser
0: mentality, some might say.
1: Yeah, um, so seek help, 11-1 people. <laughs>
0: Please um, do.
1: Yeah, that's, that's going to do it. That's going to do it for the Pegasus podcast in 2023. And wow less, yeah oh uh, yeah I, I mean that's probably it right we're not gonna do an emergency podcast before sunday are we we'll see what kj does i don't, I don't <laughs> think so
0: i'm like on vacation so it might be hard yeah i was like
1: i was like oh if he does then we might do and i was like oh no you're just not in a place to do that and i might no, not be we, either so. we
0: just add another state to that we've done podcasts from because i'm in georgia oh yeah it's a
1: new state so there we go nice go us love it um what does that no care you now? no one <laughs> does care well people are starting to care
0: what have we done? Florida, no, no, no. Georgia, Alabama, Alabama, Ohio, Kentucky. So we five. Am I missing it? Tennessee, any? Well, Louisiana, Tennessee, Tennessee, Louisiana. Yep. Uh, I was at the AAC championship game last year. I did that from. Oh right. Online. Yep. Wait. Yes. I didn't. I, I didn't do a podcast that day. Do we do it the next day? You can be confused all you want. I remember being in my hotel doing a podcast with you. So.
1: I know, but I didn't do a post game podcast, so it must have been maybe we did the bowl. The next day what am i thinking of it doesn't matter we might have we might have you've done on a cruise have. before I've, on a cruise in the ocean so, that's right yeah, i don't even know what so we've done it all over the place Pet biggest podcast worldwide i
0: swear uh, we did one from i'm gonna go look after this i swear no, i, I did think one i one think we might
1: have but it wasn't it wasn't post-game. i think it might have been the day after might have okay. been on the sunday that makes sense i don't i don't really know for sure um, yeah, we'll get out of here. That's it for the Pegasus podcast in 2023. Let, can um, I say
0: something really quickly? Yeah. So directly off screen that way are my parents who I'm on vacation with and I'm getting word in from them that I did in fact record a podcast from Louisiana because I was there with my dad.
1: for the I game. do. I think you, I'm 100% excited. I had, I didn't see the second half of the UCF game that and I went to a show, I went to a comedy show. We're doing so. this
0: podcast in the background. I see both my parents like frantically snapping their fingers, trying to get my attention and like give me thumbs up. So yes, can confirm yeah. Louisiana podcast did happen.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. Cool. So yes, again, this was <laughs> the last the last Pegasus podcast of 2023, as far as we know. Um, it's been a fun ride. Thank you guys for being with us all year long. Stick with us in the new year. Uh, keep sending in your five star review questions. Keep listening. Uh, we'll have content all off season. It'll be a long and at sometimes crazy ride, probably. But it'll be Can't good. Wait. Um, but yeah, until episode 186, which will happen in 2024. You can find us on Twitter at Bailey J Adams, 22 at by CA Simmons at night sports. Now at Pegasus podcast. And that's, that's it. Wow. I got all of them. Um, Thank you guys so much for being with us. Happy new year. And we'll talk to you soon. Bye everybody.